Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like Oteil Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out MagicalMysteryCamp.com slash HelpingFriendly to learn more. You may already know that SiriusXM brings you the deepest variety of commercial-free music for every genre and every mood. Where you hear the biggest names in talk, entertainment, and comedy, and hundreds of hand-curated music channels designed to fit every mood. Where you get news from every source. Where you can listen to the newly launched Fish Radio, in addition to Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, and many more. Where you can listen to top comedy channels such as Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Radio and Netflix's A Joke Radio and Sports Talk Radio from Barstool to ESPN and more to keep you up to date on the latest news in the sports world. Most people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. Subscribe now to listen outside the car on your phone, online and at home and get your first three months for just a dollar. And if you're a Fish fan, which you probably are, you can get tour updates and shows being played, which are a good complement to our quick hits. Visit SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to see offer details and to subscribe and start listening today. SiriusXM, no car required. Thank you. 
This is a quick hit for Camden Night 3. I'm here with Craig, who's at Chillwig on Twitter. Um, Craig, is, is Fish good again? Uh, fish has always been good, but <laughs> sometimes they they take a little longer than you'd like to get to great. <laughs> and I think, uh, you know, how many shows are we into the tours last night? <laughs> yeah, yes. I mean, it's actually almost exactly half, I think. I think we're t- 13 or 14 shows in, so... Do you, do you feel like, well, we can get into the music itself, but do you feel like this was uh, just like being comfortable and having a good night, or do you feel like this was a turning point uh, evening? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think it's either. I think it's just, you know, the arc of a tour. You know, eventually you get to some point where, you know, Trey starts checking the lists for songs that he hasn't played yet. Mm-hmm. And you start getting things like Pebbles and Tila's and stuff like that instead of the third, uh, you know, Drifting or the or the fourth No Man's of the Tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seemed like that was, uh, yeah, last night seemed like a lot of unique, um, like unique set list. And do you think that there that is a pattern? I mean, you hit the middle and then then they start kind of maybe paying attention to stuff they haven't played. Um, that's kind of interesting because I don't think most people see that. You know what I mean? Like the bust outs seem to happen without any real pattern, you know? Um, I, I think that's true, but, um, you know, it, it does tend to get to a point where I think that Trey intentionally tries to pick tunes deeper mm-hmm. in the repertoire, you know, just to to liven it up or, you know, I'm not sure what his thinking is, but I I think I've heard him actually say that he does that. So Mm -hmm, it's not mm -hmm. surprising that, that at this point you're starting to see, you know, more old nuggets in the set list. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, um, lightly trolling me for leaving. Thank you. Um, during the first set, because you got a great few uh, songs there in the opener. How was, how, what was it like the curtain with, I mean, did you, that's sort of a great, Sunday night opener. I think they've done that several times in the past few years. That kind of sets the tone, huh? It, it sure felt like it. Um, you know, it's an old school set opener, and you know, with the width, it was uh, it, it was great. And then you know, fast enough for you in the two slot was a total surprise. Um, you know, usually I think the the trend recently has been. Um, you know, when fish is really feeling it, the, the second song of the first set sometimes goes for a ride up to 20 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tonight, uh, there, there was no, you know, there was no jam in the first set. I mean, uh, I mean, other than, you know, the Bowie, which was a strictly typed one, one, but, uh, yeah, that yeah. was a big surprise. And, and then you, that was live, three songs in three songs in. Well, that was the first fast enough for you since, uh, Mexico 2017. Um, so they haven't played it, you know, a couple of years. Um, nice to, to see it back, but you were at that Mexico show, right? Do they just play it when you're there? I was, I was in Mexico 2016. Okay. So okay. Never mind. It's been even longer for me since <laughs> fast enough for you. Right. Um, so yeah, buried alive came next, which, uh, yeah, usually, usually in the opener slot, right. And sort of a, a funny, funny one to play then. Sure, I haven't seen that song in the three hole since maybe uh eight fifteen fifteen Merryweather. Which yeah. opened up simple grind buried alive and, and that 
was an awesome show. So at that point, I thought, you know, the 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 trend line was was spiking by that point, and yeah. then just the rest of the the first set just rolled. It was just you know one solid pick after another. Even the sample in the middle was perfect because um, a lot of people needed to get a trip to the bathroom in, and it's just the perfect length to get back in time for the pebbles, and nobody missed it. So, so how much of this? Because we, we were talking about this, like the oh, I guess people on Twitter have been talking about this for for years, but specifically in the last couple of weeks, like how much of it is song selection? Do you think, and how much of it is the way they're playing, or is it do they go hand in hand? Um, you know, I. I I think they go hand in hand. Uh, uh, there's a little bit more of of an intent to deliver um, in a big way, uh, which kind of adds to the to the feeling in the pavilion and and um, even on the lawn. You could hear people out there screaming. So uh, it's always a combination of both. I think if I had to pick one over another, I'd pick playing well. Yeah and be happy complaining about the song selection because that's still fun. <laughs> but when they're not playing when they're not playing well, then that's no fun. Yeah. So so the Pebbles and Marbles as you mentioned was was after the sample. Um pretty big that big bust out. Um I mean they played it, in tw- it I think Baker's dozen was the last time, but um people have been waiting for that one for a while. Yeah, and you know what um you probably saw on the webcast that that Trey switched guitars before the Pebbles to his new, um, his newest Languedoc, the the really blonde um, mm-hmm. maple one. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I I looked it up, and sure enough, Pebbles is in a is in an alternate tuning, probably like an open tuning or something like that. So you know, that's not a song that he can just easily pull out, you know, with a moment's notice. Um, because his standard tuning is just not set up for it. Mm. Yeah, I heard that Which they switch guitars. Why it's rare. Yeah, interesting, and and, and takes some practice as well, right? Because they're just not not used to playing it very often. Absolutely. And another thing is that there's a there's a, a part in Pebbles that sounds a whole lot like a part of Mister Completely, which isn't really surprising because you know the songs were written at about the same time they mm. both mm-hmm. came out. You know, 2002, 2003, early, early 2.0, late tab era, uh, early tab era. And, um, you know, that's the second time I've seen both of them in the same show together. The other time was a powdered night on Baker's. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that could be a thing that, that, that happens given that the, like just a reminder of the phrasing or something. Yeah, the songs seem to follow each other, and they 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 complement each other pretty well. So I was pretty excited to see both again. That's cool. And then Tila, you know, the once once a tour sort of usually right. Um, so you guys are getting just getting so many so many good songs and and songs that hadn't been played in a while. Sure, but you know, at, at this point, we kind of uh, were kicking ourselves for you know paying attention to what whatever the sound check was because. Then it just sort of sounded like they were playing the sound check over again. <laughs> yeah. So we were all joking, you know, is it going to be the Forbes next or is it going to be the Mango next? And it yeah. turned out it was the Mango. It was the Mango. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then what What did you think of the Bowie closer? Did you feel like it was sort of a standard run through? Because I feel like Bowie and Antelope and a couple others like just get kind of a standard treatment. But the Antelope the other night was good. Just wondering what you thought about that, Bowie. The Antelope the other night was really good. The Bowie was really standard, just... Um, you know, very fiery, 
uh, straightforward Bowie. And, um, you know, it was probably, what, a little over 10, 11 minutes? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you, you can tell that it was just a... Uh, you know, a straight run through without a whole lot of uh, build up to it or any kind of modulation in the middle that yeah. I can remember. Yeah. And so set break, you guys are feeling pretty good and expecting some some big big jams in the second set. I mean, it seems like that's what you would expect, and that's exactly what happened. Sure. I mean, the easy money was on on Tweezer to open, and I think everyone was kind of pleasantly surprised by. Uh, the Mr. Completely Opener. I know I was. Yeah, it was a really good version, like, you know, almost 20 minutes, and that's, um, man, those versions, there's so few of them, but they're all, almost all of them are so good, you know? It's so nice to hear. Right. Yeah, I don't know how they can't be, and, you know, the, the, the drumming throughout the song is just exhilarating, and I think it just drives everybody in that, in the band to just really open up and it doesn't really, you know, sit still very long. Um, there were, there were so many different changes. Um, it was really great. Uh, and, and then it, it came crashing down into 20 years later, which is, I'll admit it's not one of my favorite songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if it jams out like that, I'll take it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you probably didn't expect that because that's like a song that they can go into and then it might turn into like sort of a nine-minute song fest at that point. Sure, sure. And, and it was really a kind of a, a a potential inflection point there where they were coming out of the, uh, you know, the, the, the final chorus where they go into like a round um, and whether or not they're just going to squawk for a little bit and then go into something else. But uh, I mean, that was that was the jam of the night. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was really good and and pretty different from other twenty years later's jams. At least in my one going back and listening through it. Yeah, it was a very sort of dissonant and and squonky and and cronky. I mean, I really don't know how to. It, it was it was even it was it was weird to dance to. You just sort of had to sit there and kind of wiggle a little bit. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good sign of a unique unique jam. Um, yeah. And then into the into big black fairy creatures from Mars, and then then came the tweezer. Um, the tweezer was I, I thought the tweezer was good, but it it didn't it didn't go crazy out there. But it was just like they everyone was ready. Was the energy pretty pretty insane at that point? Oh yeah, I mean absolutely because everybody was was already frothing from the from the big black furry creature from Mars. So when that cut off, Trey was already you know in full distortion mode, <laughs> right? <laughs> with his with his guitar turned and his amps turned up to eleven. So you know to launch into the tweezer there, the place just went bonkers. And yeah, it didn't really go anywhere too interesting, but there were at least two, maybe three, uh, you know, uh, cycles of, 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 of peaks and, and valleys that were just in, increasing intensity. And, and Trey was just shredding. It was just a very straightforward shreddy tweezer. And, uh, wow. We were all kind of just sitting there with our mouths open by the end of it when it sort of just dissolved into shade. Yeah, did well. I want to talk about shade, but in terms of the shredding, because I, I noticed during the Santos on Saturday night, 
um, and maybe a couple points Friday night that it's just, man, it seems like he's re- recommitted to, to shredding, at least at times, maybe because of the Ghost of the Forest stuff. Did you feel like that throughout the weekend or um, at least a couple spots? Absolutely. And, and I, I think it's been, you know, as he's become more comfortable with, you know, the tweaks that he has in his rig, he's he stopped fiddling as much and started playing a lot more notes and it's been noticeable. Yeah. So that, and that, the shade, that song is, um, it's the more I listen to it, the more I like it. And I know we've talked to, I'm sure you've, you've heard, you know, them talk about it as like waste all grown up. Um, and it's a cool song. Did you enjoy it? Was it a nice breather? Absolutely. Absolutely enjoyed it. I mean, you know, my initial thought was, what? Well, wait a second, I, I could have sworn I just saw this on a webcast or heard this on a Mixler within the last three or four shows, maybe. Mm-hmm. But um, did they play it at Bangor, maybe? Anyway, um, but I wasn't there, so I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I thought it seems like a nice, yeah, it was a nice breather in between. The, in between. I mean, that you guys didn't really get a break um, up to that point. Um, but yeah, they, they did play it at Meriwether. Um, what four four shows ago or something? So so yeah, not not a lot of breaks, um, but yeah, most events are planned. And then another kind of uh, well unpredictable song, I guess, in terms of where it might go. But I, I thought this was I thought the jam was pretty cool. It did not it did not take long for them to get into it. No, it didn't, and and it was very cool. I enjoyed it. I was hoping that they were going to figure out a way to to stretch that out to the end or near end of the set, but it didn't turn out that way. Yeah. And there was some, uh, there seemed to be some antics going there with the Makasupa, Chakta, Susie, but I guess at that point you're just, you're, you're ready to whatever, give in to whatever they have, they have planned. Yeah. Trey, Trey kind of happened on this sort of three note lick that he kept repeating. And then he would look at Mike and he would smile like all proud of himself. Like, you know, I'm doing this thing and you should think it's funny too. And Mike really didn't <laughs> seem to be thinking it was all that funny. So, and, and I was trying to figure it out. Like what he was teasing. Was it, was it, was he actually just, you know, latching onto something, hoping that they would follow or was it actually, uh, uh, you know, a quote of a, of a cover or something like that. I didn't know, but he was really, he thought he was pretty clever, but nobody else did at the time. <laughs> um so so you got those those sort of three songs to to close it out and then a long and and pretty cool encore I think um the three song encore I say think it's safe to say that nobody in the room saw any of those songs coming mm-hmm. in the encore mm-hmm. Yeah and and you may have seen a Tweezer reprise coming and it didn't So how was the how was the encore for you were you were you just like you know satisfied by that point Absolutely satisfied and, you know, punch you in the eye. I don't think I've ever seen that in an encore. So when Trey starts, uh, you know, that sort of muted uh, strumming that he does to count out the beginning of punch, Mm -hmm. you know, we all just launched because we, you know, just the last place you think to see it. And, And it was great. And then just to drop the what's the use at the end, um, I don't know if, if they had planned it coming out, but it was one of the nicer, uh, smoother drops, I mm. think, into mm-hmm. what's the use. Um, sometimes when what's the use drops and either Trey starts in the wrong key or something like that or hits a sour note, 
uh, it's kind of clumsy and it kind of busts busts up the groove. But not last night, it didn't. Yeah, that's such a great great spot for it. Um, and you're you're right. I think I think last night was maybe the fifth uh, punch you in the eye encore and the first since you know '98. So not not happening very frequently. So that's pretty cool. And then a Julius to close it out. And were people still expecting the reprise after the Julius? Sure, everybody thought it was. Uh, <laughs> no, everybody thought it was possible. In, in fact, uh, you know, you could tell at, at the end of what's the use as Trey's sort of holding the last note. He he obviously he's got a list of songs, potential song possibilities on the ground by his mic stand. So I could see him sort of peering down and looking and looking, and I'm like, well, obviously it's not going to be be reprise hmm. and it turned out he, he picked julius of all things so we always thought that you know there was a chance for you know an extra three minutes on the end and then trey steps up to the mic thank you all we had a great time this weekend yada 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 and then like Paige like leans over his organ and starts like waving like and i couldn't see what page was mouthing but i could only assume you know Paige was like hey. you know, what about the reprise yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, see if it comes back uh, in spec somewhere. Maybe they'll maybe they'll play around with it for a couple shows. Who knows? Open up with uh, reprise Forbin's Mockingbird or something. You know, right, right, Take right. Up that last sound check tune. <laughs> that would good. That would be good. That would make my trip to spec worthwhile. Um, so, Craig, we we're like halfway through this tour, so good time to kind of reflect a day off before they continue on. Which I think what I think is going to be a pretty Pretty cool run, just going back to a lot of stomping grounds between, not necessarily the venues, but just going through the Northeast, right, and then onto Alpine. Um, what What's your reflection on the tour so far, and and where you think they're going next? Um, I think it's a mixed bag, and it's going to continue to be. Uh, there's so much new ter- material that they're working in with uh, all the Ghosts of the Forest tunes. Um, as well as, you know, the, the Cotswold box tunes are still growing up in their own way. And when they have that much new material, um, you're going to get some shows like uh, Saturday Camden, and you're going to get some mm-hmm. shows like Sunday Camden. And I, I think that's going to be the trend throughout. And, you know, you're, you're never going to know, you know, which ones are going to be the hot ones and which ones are going to kind of be the the more songy, you know, disjointed ones. So you should just go see them all. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. No, you're right. And this is uh, the average average song uh, debut year from last night was 94. Not a, there wasn't a single Casvad uh, Vox or Ghost of the Forest song last night. So like went way back, way back in time compared to the other two shows, you know, which were a little bit more of a mix and didn't quite flow as well as when they're just like playing songs that they know really well. Right. Like it sounds kind of obvious, but definitely part of the tour. Absolutely. And you know, there, there is going to be a night, you know, between now and Alpine last night, Alpine Valley, that'll top last night. Um, you know, they, they, they still have that big monster four or five song second set in them. And, uh, you know, if you're there, you're lucky. <laughs> yeah, and they're fewer and further between this this at this point, right in their career. But you're right; you're lucky if you if you're there. Sure. I mean, it felt like last night. Last night, you know, kind of had that vibe mm-hmm. um, up through the shade. But 
you know, then it just became a little bit more, you know, regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to see three good shows not too far from home, and uh, hopefully you can rest up this week. And thanks for uh, joining us to help us recap the weekend. Great. Thank you, RJ. All right. Thanks, Craig, for joining us. And as you heard at the beginning, uh, SiriusXM is a sponsor of the Helping Friendly Podcast. And when you're out there looking for tunes on the road, uh, Jam On, Grateful Dead Radio, Fish Radio, Pearl Jam Radio, Tom Petty Radio, many more radio stations. Uh, check it out. You don't have to be in the car to enjoy, but you know some people do. So you can get your first three months for a dollar. Go to SiriusXM.com slash HFPod to see the details and to subscribe. And thanks to SiriusXM. All right, all. We'll see you after SPAC night one.
a city without its music. The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. Are you being kept up at night wondering about what other Osiris podcasts are out there to check out? Now you can finally rest. We're going to tell you about another Osiris podcast now. You can listen to all of our shows at OsirisPod.com. Hi, I'm Richard Z. Rastafarian from Fear of a Craft Beer Planet, a podcast that talks a lot about the parallels between the beer industry and the music business. But really, we talk about whatever we want. The show is made up of four of us. Me, Richard the Rastafarian, the radio guy, Jay Rose, Ryan Egan, and Rob Forzik. They're the beer guys. They're the ones that teach me about craft beer, and I'm the one that gets the show on the air. You can find us on all social media platforms at Fear of a Craft Beer Planet. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.